0: Welcome to the Solar Energy International podcast series. I'm Chris Turk, Director of Marketing and Communications here at SCI. And today we've got a great episode. We got a chance to sit down with a couple uh, industry insiders who are also our curriculum developers and instructors to talk about some new course development that we've got going on. So this is a great episode. We get a chance to dive into these details. So without further ado, let's jump right into the interview. We've got with us uh, Amy and Sarah from the SEI curriculum team and we're going to be talking about PVSYST, we're going to be talking about the advancements in software applications like these and how they're helping the solar industry take things to the next level, making sure we're uh, building systems that are not only sized correctly, but they're actually going to be producing uh, energy for years to come Thank you, Sarah, for joining us, and thank you, Amy, for uh, joining this podcast series.
1: Great to be here. Yeah. Thanks for having us.
0: Sarah, maybe you could do a quick introduction of uh, who you are and what you do for SEI.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, my name is Sarah Wilder, and I am the Director of Curriculum and Instruction here at SEI. I've been, I've been on this podcast before, so you might have heard my introduction already, but um, I've been working in the solar industry for 17 years now. Ah uh, started off in installation and um, have played a lot of different roles from project designer, installer, uh, o- comp- business owner, uh, trainer, all all sorts of different roles in the industry. So, I'm a I'm a diehard solar person, and I'll probably be in this industry for the rest of my life.
0: Uh, so, Amy. One of the greatest experience I've had working with you at SEI is actually was the solar battle of the bands last year. And oh, I just yeah. want, want to say it's so awesome to know that SEI not only has the most knowledgeable and technical experts in the industry, but some of the most musically talented as well. So,
2: <laughs> Yeah, there's a, of, uh, there's a lot of crossover in the music world and the solar world I've found. Um, so that was definitely a fun time for sure.
0: So if you haven't checked it out, definitely go to SEI's YouTube channel and look at the uh, Solar Sisters string band from last year's uh, Soul <laughs> Battle of the Bands. It was it was epic. So um, but yeah, Amy, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to SEI and your uh, your journey through the solar industry.
2: Yeah, so I started um doing system kind of drafting and and a little bit of design work for an architect in 2005 who had a solar business on the side uh, along with his green building architecture work that he had been doing. And then I moved from that into wind power on a small scale residential wind power, uh, Southwest wind power. I worked there for about a year and a half doing document control and drafting work for them. And I moved to California in 2008 where solar was kind of a huge deal. And uh, I started doing residential system design for Borrego Solar. Um, There was a couple of acquisitions in there, which led me to grow solar as well as uh, Solar City, and I moved from residential design into commercial design. So design's been my focus for for the most part of that time. I've done some installation work and got my NABCEP installation certification, and in order to keep that going, I had to get some continuing education credits, and that's how I discovered SEI. Uh, they had some really awesome classes for continuing education, and I really found that they're technical focus was, was spot on and I uh, had a lot of respect for that and so eventually I found myself in a position looking for uh, some different kinds of work and wanted to move into the education side of things a little bit and SEI was hiring for a position on their curriculum development team so I applied and here I am
0: first question for you is this. Um, we have launched recently a continuing education course called CE524 PVSYST for PV System Production Modeling. So, you know, obviously it's a, it's a software program that's widely adopted in the solar industry. But maybe tell us a little bit about why solar professionals should be even looking at uh, adopting that piece of software into their toolkit as solar professionals.
1: So it's it's interesting. we actually just uh, taught our first SEI, just recently taught our first uh, in-person PVSYST course in Oman. I think it was just last week. It was a multi-day course where we sent one of our instructors, Kira Holt, over there who was just uh, incredible in her knowledge of PVSYST. and she um, she she offered that class. Um, it was actually covering both PVSYST and Helioscope. But that was in response to a request we got um, from folks in that region that, that they, too, wanted to learn how to use this program. So it's certainly not just a, a program for the U.S. market. It is used internationally. And <laughs> internationally, people struggle with, you know, just trying to figure it out and how to, how to use it correctly.
2: Yeah, so for... Uh, especially for larger-scale commercial and utility-scale systems, those systems are going to be financed by investors, and they're going to want to know that they're going to get a return on their investment. And so they're going to require an analysis of a proposed system up front um, before they even agree to put any money down, and they're going to want to see that they're going to get some money back for what they put into it. And so they want some some type of reliable, quantifiable Report that will show here's what you're going to get. And PVSYST has been the standard that kind of presents them with that information. Um, It's very detailed, it's a very powerful program. You can use it to get the information you need to be able to make those kinds of decisions. Integrators and installers can use it to optimize their PV system designs once the sale has been made and they're working on a system design. You can use it to see how a proposed system is going to function and make changes as needed if you can kind of see the comparisons between different types of things that you might do to it in the design stages of things. Um, And you can also use it to provide production guarantees. It's pretty detailed. You can have pretty accurate results if you put in accurate information, depending on how you get that accurate information in there. Um, But you can provide a pretty good production guarantee based on the information that the program will give you. Uh, System operators also will use it to generate expectations of performance, and then they can compare an actual measured performance from an installation after the fact too. So it sort of comes into play at three stages of a system's existence in the very beginning stages, during the design phase, and then also during the actual performance of its installation in the field.
0: So Amy, you actually said something in there that was very interesting is the the requirement of inputting accurate parameters into the software. And one of the things that we've seen here at SEI is that as solar professionals or people new to the solar industry are just getting into this, they may not even know what those parameters are or if those parameters are even accurate that they're putting into the software. So what kind of training and background does somebody need to seek out in order to even be prepared to use a piece of software like PVSYST?
2: That's a good question. Uh, I think initially, uh, depending on the level of depth you need to go into, um, I think starting from a point of just understanding how the program works is a huge huge step in the right direction. Um, It has, uh, it's created by organization in Switzerland and so it's it has some language differences and some things that can make it a little bit of a challenge to fully grasp what they mean by certain terms and so we cover that in the CE about how to understand what certain what certain terms mean um, and how the program is structured and also get into the details of how to adjust things like system losses and understanding how to account for things like soiling and snow and those types of things, which can be elusive. And there, there's some somewhat expe- uh, accepted industry kind of okay standards for that, but there there aren't really a whole lot of specific standards to go by. So it's very site-specific and very project-specific. And so kind of getting a background and working with these systems will give you more experience and knowing what you need to to use in order to sort of modify the adjustments that can actually be made in there. But I think understanding how the program works and what you can change, what it means to change something, there's a lot of everything is set to a default when you start. And so if you start changing things and don't understand what you're changing, it's going to give you a whole variety of different results. And so I think understanding what to change, what not to change from the beginning, and then understanding what you can change once you understand what those things mean. After you find that you have more experience, perhaps working with a financer directly who wants to know specific information, and you can can kind of change those parameters in the program once you know um, from using it. But I think initially getting a start of just understanding how the program works is important.
1: So Amy, um, one of the reasons we decided to develop this course was just due to kind of constant requests from students or from potential students saying, hey, like, this is a course we'd love you guys to develop. That's just because, you know, it is a, a company based overseas, and there isn't a lot of training opportunities. So I guess I'm I'm just wondering, like, how did you learn how to use this program? And I mean, what? how are people doing it now? I mean, just kind of trial and error over time? Um, I'm sure that's
2: happening. That's kind of how I landed in this program myself. It was sort of presented to me as um, one of the things that we had to do as part of our design process. And so uh, we had in-company trainings on how to use it and what we needed to s- put some settings at, like there was certain guidance that the company provided um, that we had to adhere to for specific situations. And so, I did get in-company in, in company training for that part of things. Um, and as far as working through the program, we had a little bit of training on that as well. But f- when I first started using it, it was kind of like, go through here and figure out what these things mean and how they work. And so, that's kind of the start on it. And then eventually uh, the company I was working for at the time just stepped in and was providing training on how to use it. But it's very difficult to find training outside of those kinds of situations um, unless you want to go overseas. There are some independent companies that are providing it. It's usually a two or three day training and they're very expensive and they get into the weeds of how to, to really deal with a lot of the more in-depth parts of things, um, but they take they take time and they're not very common. It's hard to find them, I think. So we developed this course, which is a little bit shorter than most of the other courses available, but it has a very good in-depth kind of overview on how to use the system and how to use the software. Um, it's good for someone who may not be familiar with it very very much. And it has um, pretty good coverage on how to deal with the weather data, different kinds of weather data available, um, how to work your way through the program. It goes into the different depths of adjustments that you can make and also covers um, different types of analysis that you can do. So we go over one of the things that is pretty cool about PVSYST is that it has the capabilities of doing 3D shading analysis. And so we go through how to construct a 3D shading model and step-by-step step what the terms mean and how to um, import information to get... a uh, PVsys to do a 3D shading analysis, which can make your reports much more accurate. We go through how to upload module, inverter, and other component data if they aren't already in there, or if they happen to be out of date or somehow inaccurate. So we kind of walk through how you can, it, you know, upload information about your specific equipment if it's not already in their database, which is gigantic anyway. But sometimes you come across new equipment and it's not in there, and um, there's different ways you can incorporate that and get it uploaded, so we go through that. We talk about two examples. We have a residential example and a larger scale example with different project settings with, that you would use for each of those. So um, like a large scale example is a ground mount system with multi, multi-row ground, ground mount example. And then the residential system is a roof-mounted uh, system on a house and then we also go through different terminology. We explain what the terminology means that's specific to PVSYST. So some of, the, some of the things that we cover and that, that are possible to kind of adjust in PVSYST include factors for, system, for aging, uh, thermal parameters, ohmic losses, um, module quality and mismatch issues, uh, soiling losses and other types of similar kinds of losses and those can have those those types of things are where you start to really get into system specific situations and and Like I said, those all have defaults. And if you kind of just do a basic system, leave them all set at default, you're going to get one value. But if you start to get into those types of detailed situations, you're going to get a whole different result. And sometimes it can be the make or break between a project that's viable and a project that isn't. Um, So it's worth understanding kind of how to work through those factors and and what's acceptable to change and what you might want to leave as it is as a default depending on your level of experience and knowledge. So we kind of cover on a general overview. We don't get into the extreme depths of things, but it's a, kind of a nice mid-range beginner o- overview of what these different uh, parameters will mean
1: when you adjust them. One thing that struck me, Amy, when I was reviewing uh, the, the course was just like the the importance of the weather data and the source of the weather data. I just kind of thought that was fascinating how, you know, depending on on the source and, and if you pay for that source or not, I mean, it just seems like such a crucial parameter that somebody who wasn't familiar with all of the different, you know, weather sources could easily get wrong. And that could really like throw off the performance estimate.
2: Yeah, that's true. There's there's a, a lot of different sources for weather data, and uh, Rebecca does a really nice job of giving you a nice overview of what those sources are, and which ones to select based on your project location and also the type of type of report that you need to produce. So uh, there's definitely a, a, a quite a variety of weather sources, and getting getting the right one for your job is very important. But I can definitely say that if you don't know what you're doing and you just run through here and spit out a report that's totally inaccurate, you're going to end up with a pretty unhappy financer once your system is installed and it's not producing what it said it was going to produce, especially if you get yourself into a situation where there's a production guarantee and you spit out a design analysis that says I'm going to have, or you create, a, you create a report from your system design that says it's going to produce this much in a given year, and you're you're expected to, to produce that for a production guarantee and it doesn't, then that's definitely going to get you into some hot water with some people.
1: You know, I know, like, as far as like on the residential side, a lot of people, a lot of uh, designers, you know, especially at smaller companies, will just stick to something like PV watts. And I'm, I'm just curious on your perspective. Like, what does PV have to offer beyond PV watts? Is there just more customizable uh, inputs, or? Yeah,
2: it's um, much more granular than PV watts. PV watts has. One or you know a few inputs that you can put in there for your system and it will give you some accurate information about production but this is just way more detailed in the complexities of losses and other factors that can have an, an impact on the actual production that the system will will be will be making um, it's it's hugely adjustable in a lot of different ways it can also model self-consumption and storage in the more recent versions that have come out for grid-connected systems, and it can do other kinds of specific modeling for other types of systems, including standalone and pumping systems. And so it's not just grid-connected. it's It's got other capabilities as well.
0: So, Amy, you're one of our resident subject matter experts on PVSYST and a lot of these different software programs, but, you know, for you personally... Um, you know, as you've worked your way through the solar industry, how important has it been to you to seek out continuing education opportunities like this class? And, you know, why is it important for solar professionals to stay at the top of their game?
2: I uh, Just actually thinking about this today, and um, this industry changes all the time. There's just constant evolution of products and equipment and different ways of approaching systems and design and everything having to do with the way that these systems are installed is just is constantly evolving and changing very quickly the codes are changing everything's changing and I think it's super important to just keep on top of what those changes are and what is happening within the industry to keep to keep yourself at the at the point where you know what's going on otherwise it can slip away pretty fast.
1: Yeah, and 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 I think NABCEP has really recognized the value of continuing education. They recently um, upped their continuing education requirements from eighteen hours to thirty hours for recertification. So, I mean, right? It's not just taking an uh, taking an exam, NABSEP exam. 10 years ago and and assuming that you still are up to speed with what's happening in the industry. There's just, there's just so much going on, as Amy mentioned. And I think that some people, I mean, you could probably get by by taking, uh, or you, at least you could have when it was only 18 hours, but you probably get by, you know, there's, there's some free trainings out there, free manufacturer trainings, and, you know, you can kind of onesie twosie it together, but, I mean, that's not the point. The point is to really, you know, keep up with stuff. It's, you know, and sometimes it requires paying for a really high quality CE class that's actually going to provide you with valuable information, not just hours. So, um, yeah, I think it's kind of like if you if you don't keep up on the education, uh, you know, you could blink and all of a sudden the industry has changed and you don't you're not following along with it.
2: I mean, I think in this case too, it's it's if you don't if you haven't used this program before, it's going to be not a very intuitive program to use, and so it's definitely good for someone who may be a beginning user or maybe just starting out with the program. And it will give you a heads up or give you kind of a leg up if you've got a company that you're working for that needs you to to get in there and give accurate reports. It's a good place to start
1: for anyone that's interested in in learning or you know for anyone that's interested in taking this course what you could do absolutely first is sign up for the free I think it's a 30-day trial with PVSYST um, that gives you access to the software and just start start looking around in there and I think that you will quickly realize that as Zamy mentioned earlier it's not intuitive there is a lot to learn um, which is why you know you, you really just need some some guidance from people who are very experienced with the program in order to know you know where do I get started? How do I interpret all these uh, terms and input the right design uh, factors into the into the program?
0: Awesome. Well, this topic and this course definitely sounds very interesting, and I just wanted to thank you both for joining us today. Thanks, thanks. Chris. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening to this podcast episode from Solar Energy International. For more information about technical training in the solar energy field, visit us at www.solarenergy.org.